quick hits back for the 2022 NFL season. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It is Friday, September 9th. Football is back. I am back. Uh, we're going to bring this show back a couple times a week. Um, just some league-wide topics. Going to cover college football and the draft as well, too. I'm um, going to keep it kind of what I wanted to beforehand, 20 to 30 minutes when we do this show. And uh, I just have a little bit of time in my schedule. And by time in my schedule, I mean six in the morning. Um, so uh, I was energized by having football back these last few weeks. I wanted to bring back quick hits in some capacity. Um, and so here we are, find some time in the, uh, in the morning before my day gets started. So um, we are going to get into Bill's Rams. Uh, Thursday night football game and thoughts on both of those teams. And then we're just going to sprinkle a few of the Sunday slate in there. I'm going to talk some of the bigger games. Um, I, there's going to be some gambling, of course, because I'm a fucking degenerate, but we will get into all of that. Um, and then we will, uh, we'll just keep on keeping on. We'll put the, uh, I am still going to bet just about every game um, against the spread. We won't get to every game on this show. Um, and so with that, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace for my full card, full predictions for every game this season. I will pick every game in total against the spread, see how we do by the end of the season. The last two years have been pretty solid. Two years ago, I think it was 54% on spreads. Um, so looking forward to getting back into the swing of things here with the NFL season being back. And like I said, I do want to try and sprinkle in some college football stuff um, because the draft is one of my favorite parts of the NFL season. And you know, the last few years, I usually start it around uh, February when the NFL season dies down. Um, but, you know, I, I want to kind of get ahead of the eight ball this year. So I'm not scrambling at the end of the season. So we're going to we're going to sprinkle on some college football here as well, too. Like I said, kind of want to keep this to three or four shows a week, 20 to 30 minutes tops. Um, so before we get into Rams bills, like I said, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Make sure to check out. Uh, my other podcast with Teddy Pristash, Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Um, at Twitter, on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Follow Teddy at Teddy Hun Show. Uh, that is a weekly Jets podcast. Make sure to follow some of my writing work over at um, Sports Illustrated for the New York Jets as well, too. All right. So the Bills uh, come into Los Angeles, ruin their Super Bowl parade for the Rams 31 to 10. Um, and it was uh, it was one of those games where going into the half, you're looking at 10 to 10 and you're like, man, you know, the Bills looked great to start off. And then the only reason that it was tied up is because of the turnover battle. I think the Bills ended up having three or two in the first half. Um, and despite the Rams, you know, seizing, you know, those turnovers, they really didn't correlate to much at all because Stafford was off. The run game couldn't get going. And um, you're going into the half saying, well, it's 10 to 10. And, and personally, I, I started off the season 0-1. I was on Rams plus two and a half. I thought they were going to win the game. That's one of those where you go into halftime and you're like, I should hedge on this because, um, you know, it, despite being tied up, the Rams had won the turnover battle, were in the home crowd, and just looked lifeless on offense a little bit. And then, of course, the second half comes out. The Bills just, um, you know, a good combo of, of the power run game and then opening it up down the field as well, too. The average depth of the target in the first half was around like four or five yards, and they really were not testing either defense deep. Uh, Bills open up some shots to Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, and then you've got the final score here of 31 to 10. Allen, I know the two picks. One of them was his fault. One of them wasn't. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, uh, just a few other incompletions, 26 to 31, 297, three touchdowns, two picks, also added 56 yards on the ground. Uh, with a touchdown. 
He's top two, not two. Um, I tried bringing this podcast back a couple weeks ago, and it was going to start off with some quarterback tears, and then uh, audio files <laughs> got messed up, so we had to pause that for a little bit. Uh, my quarterback tier is Josh Allen is the best quarterback in football, or at least the quarterback that I would most want to have on my team. And I love Patrick Mahomes. I love Justin Herbert. Those are my guys, you know, if you've followed me over the last four to five years now. But uh, what Allen can also provide in the run game, essentially, as a fullback is something that, you know, these other guys can't have. They can literally use him as a wildcat quarterback, and he's big enough where you, you trust him to sustain hits throughout the season. Now, you don't want them to happen, and there were a few ones where you're like, man, last night, man, really trying to avoid those situations where you're getting wrapped up and piled on and guys are at your legs. But that that added value there is just something that uh, the other best quarterbacks in the leagues can't, can't, can't have. Um, they don't have. And so the Bills run away with this one. They look like a fantastic team, um, just as everybody had expected. Super Bowl favorites. I will say this, and, and we'll say this for the next two weeks, we cannot overreact this early into the season. The Bills, we expected them to be great. They look great week one. There are still seven or 16 more games left for them to play. And then when we switch into the Rams, it's the same thing here too. It's one week. I know the 10 points are scary. I know the offense look clunky. No wide receiver two. Cam Akers is not a part of the offense at the moment. Um, the defense held up. Jalen Ramsey looked a little rough at some points of the game as well, too. But we can't overreact. These are two very good teams. We expect them to be very good. I would say that um, the Bills did a good job showing us that. And the Rams, look, teams coming off of those Super Bowl victories and, and when they lose pieces, the offensive line's a little rough. Give them time because they, they're still figuring out all of their new pieces defensively and, and probably more importantly, offensively. Um, but to switch back to the Bills real quick, uh, the defense. Leslie Frazier is such a damn good defensive coordinator because he will not change anything depending on who you are offensively. Um, he is just, he'll let you dink and dunk. He'll let you run between the twenties, but he will not let you beat you deep, uh, you know, throwing the ball over top them and uh, the prolific safety duo. They have the young cornerbacks. They have Trey white. Wasn't even out there yet. Um, so expect, you know, the secondary to get even better uh, when he's back later on in the season. And then the front seven, you know, everybody talks about Von Miller being this marquee addition, and he certainly was. He looked fantastic. You also have to realize they've drafted extremely well the last few years uh, in the in the early rounds with some of these guys. You know, the big one, Ed Oliver, nose tackle, I believe he was the – did the Bills pick ninth that year? Were they five? Either way, it was the same draft with Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams goes three. Um, Ed Oliver won a few picks later. It's somewhere in the five to nine range. Maybe it was eight. But now he's this this defensive tackle, and he did miss some time, but he came out really strong. They drafted Greg Rousseau last year, uh, edge rusher out of Miami. Him and Jalen Phillips both look very impressive. Um, and then I think it was two years ago, they got the Iowa edge that fell into the second round, A.J. Epinesa. And he's one of those guys that physical freak, uh, didn't test well at the Combine. Um, but now seems to be finding his own here too. So it's not just the fact that Von Miller is coming in and making life easier for all these guys too. It's that everybody else in the front seven is super young and they're just kind of coming into their own now. And they've brought back in some other guys as well too. Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker. You know, when he came into the league, he was the youngest player in football. And as a linebacker and a downfield linebacker, that takes some time. So if he's taking that next step as well too, um, and he's already a good linebacker, but I'm saying to elevate himself to great, this Bills defense, um, you know, we like I said, we don't want to re overreact, but every part of their defense looked better than what I would have expected it to. Um, and so it's early in the season, but 
from what we saw from the Bills, it makes sense that they are the Super Bowl favorite. Um, I put out all of my picks on my Twitter last night. I have a Chiefs over 49er Super Bowl. The Bills are in there till the very end. I believe I have them in the AFC title game. Um, and, and they look damn good. Um, to flip over to the Rams just for a little bit, I don't want to spend too much time on them because I think it's easier to overreact with them than it is with the Bills. You see 10 points. You see Stafford look a little rough. Some three interceptions in that game. Um, two of them, which were just pretty abysmal. Um, the run game had nothing. Cam Akers out there had three carries for zero yards. Daryl Henderson, 13 for 47. That's 3.6 yards per carry. And outside of Cooper Cup, who was fantastic as always because he is, um, there is not much in this passing game. And Allen Robinson was the big addition. Um, and Van Jefferson's a little hurt right now. And, and really nobody else outside of Tyler Higbee did anything and Higby even at that point couldn't even sniff 40 uh, receiving yards. I am going to be patient with the Rams here. I think they do have some easy games on their schedule later in the year. I think they're going to slowly kind of figure out what this offense is going to look like. And I think a lot of that hinges on the Matt Stafford, Allen Robinson relationship. It just doesn't seem like they've clicked together yet. And we've seen what happens when Matt Stafford gets into the, the lab with Cooper Cup. It has become one of the most prolific quarterback wide receiver duos. Their connection is unbelievable. Um, Allen Robinson can get to that point. I don't believe he's washed. I don't believe he's as good as he was in his peak years in Chicago. He's somewhere in the middle there. Um, and it's just going to take some time. I think he was targeted twice. Once was final play of the game, you know, where they're just yucking it at the, the end zone. Um, but he had that other reception for 12 yards earlier in the game. They're going to be a good team. I think I predicted them 12 and five and, and a wild card team. And I have San Francisco winning the division. I just, uh, I don't think it's going to be a Super Bowl hangover. I think that the, you know, Matt Stafford's still a little wobbled and maybe if he gets a little bit healthier, he's been doing a lot of work with his elbow and they, they were talking about it last night in the game. He's, he's taking this baseball type approach to healing up his arm. Um, it doesn't seem to be at a hundred percent yet, but I think it can get there. Um, the offensive line is worrisome. The run game is worrisome. Um, you know, maybe Cam, you know, these running backs that have these really bad season-ending injuries, they take a, more than a year to get back to healthy. And there's two guys, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, big expectations. Um, but maybe it's 2023, not 2022, where they get back to, to uh, their form that they were in when they came out of college. So offensively, little worried. Um, I do think as, as important as he was to them last year, as soon as Odell is ready to go, they got to bring him back in. Um, and, and then the trio of Allen Robinson, Odell, and Cooper Cup is a lot easier to work with than Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson getting one reception, and then Ben Skroronek, however you say it, another white boy supreme. So I'm not overreacting. This Rams team is not one that's just going to lay down. People talk about a Super Bowl hangover, not caring as much. Their head coach and their best player were very close to retiring. And they looked at themselves and they said, we can come back. We can try to go back to back. It's something that hasn't happened since, you know, the Patriots in 03, 04. And I just, I don't think they're going to lay over here. I think they're the second best team in their division. They're better than Arizona. They're definitely better than Seattle. And I just think that... <laughs> It's going to be easy to overreact to the Rams based on how bad they looked offensively, but the defense for the most part, especially in the first half, looked very solid. Uh, Bobby Wagner, while not the Bobby Wagner of five years ago, is 
unequivocally the best linebacker that the Rams have had in quite some time. And in terms of just leadership and understanding a defense and handing out assignments to the rest of the defense, um, that's, that's going to be a huge addition. And as they get further into the season, I expect the Rams to be a much better team than what they looked like last night. I expect the offense to kind of find its groove. If there is one concern, I just, I don't know what the run game with the offensive line is going to be like. It just, it, it looks weak, but also the bills front seven looked really good. So Maybe it's not as bad as we think. We just need to see it against some of the lesser uh, front sevens. Um, I think this is a playoff team. I think it's a good team. I don't have it going back to the Super Bowl, but um, I think we need to pump the brakes and just understand it's week one. They've got a lot of new pieces. Um, they're still a little wobbled. Give them time. I trust Sean McVay. I trust this roster. It's too talented to take that big of a step back. Um, and I think at the end of the day, they're still a playoff team. All right, so now as we pivot to the rest of the week one slate, and we're going to leave out Monday Night Football because I will have a Monday podcast where we will go into the Seahawks and the Broncos taking each other on and Russell Wilson's return back to his old former team. We are just going to sprinkle in a few games here, some bigger storylines, some primetime games, and some games that I like um, gambling-wise as well, too. And we're going to start off with one that I don't think has two great teams, um, but it's a great storyline, of course. Um, and I really do love one side of this this game here, and that's the Cleveland Browns traveling to take on the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield's obvious revenge game. Um, if you looked at my predictions uh, on Twitter last night, I have the Panthers sliding into that seven seed in the playoffs. Um, most of it, most of my reasoning behind it is the NFC. I feel pretty is pretty weak. Um, I don't have Dallas making the playoffs. Um, I don't have Arizona making the playoffs. I don't have, gosh, what other teams are out there that I don't have making it? Um, I don't have any, I think that's just about it. I don't have the Saints making the playoffs as well too. Um, and the Panthers sneak in there. And the big story for me for the Panthers this season, and and a lot of that is, is you know, Baker Mayfield um, refining himself after last year being so banged up, you know, he has had decent success with a good team around him. And on paper, the roster is very talented. Now, I absolutely hate the coaching staff. I don't think they do a great job at all. Um, they've switched up offensive coordinators. Joe Brady is now in Buffalo, I believe. So the, the offense is going to look very different and more, I guess, what Matt Rule wants. Um, whether that's a good thing or not, we're about to find out. I, I don't know if Matt Rule is necessarily a good NFL head coach, but when I look at the roster and the star players, I just see a way where they can sneak into this uh, this wild card, especially uh, with the added seventh team. I think that they have one of the most prolific running backs in football. I think DJ Moore is going to be fed probably more than any receiver uh, in the league this year because outside of him, it's not too heavy. Um, and this is the best quarterback. I'll say this right now. This is the best quarterback DJ Moore has had since he's entered the league. I, I, people, you know, Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, all those guys, Cam Newton, Philip Walker, Baker's the best quarterback that DJ Moore has had. So expect a lot of looks his way, a lot of uh, receiving yards, a lot of touchdowns. Love DJ Moore. Uh, I like the additions they made to the offensive line. Iki Aquanu, obviously the big draft pick there. Um, defensively, Brian Burns is filthy. They've got some good guys in the front seven. Derek Brown out of Auburn. Um, and the secondary is not bad either. So I think the Panthers are good enough to be that sneaky team as long as they can overcome coaching. Um, so, you know, Cleveland, to look at them real quick, I have them ha having a pretty down season. And most of it is obviously because they don't have 
one of the top six quarterbacks in football out there and Deshaun Watson for the majority of the season. And, um, and the division's very tough. I, I have all three teams, Bengals, Steelers, Ravens being better than the Browns this year. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the Cleveland wins will come in that, that final stretch of the season. I think at one point building out the schedule, I had them one and eight maybe. So I'm predicting a pretty slow start uh, for the Browns this season. I just, you know, good defense, solid enough offensive line. I think this is probably the weakest offensive line they've had in the last few years. Um, great run game. Amari Cooper is there, but outside of that, there's not a ton of receiving talent I love. And then Jacoby Brissett, you know, we've seen him for years now kind of come into these situations where he's starting because he has to um, and not starting because he's talented enough. And so um, I really do think the Panthers, the line right now is at minus one and a half. To me, that should be at least two and a half or three. They are um, even money line or not even they're minus 110 and the Browns are minus 110 too. So they're essentially saying it's a pick them, but the spread, um, you know, favors Carolina here. I just don't see a way in which the Panthers uh, lose this one to Cleveland. I think offensively with McCaffrey back with more and an upgrade at quarterback, even if Matt rules new style to the offense, isn't what we want it to be. I think playmaking aside they'll be able to put up some points against this Browns defense um and I don't expect really Jacoby Brissett to be do to be able to do much of all against the Panthers and the Panthers have a good front four a young front four and so this is one of my if you want to maybe we'll call these locks of the week I'm just going to go through games highlighted games that I have uh, a feel certain type of way about um but the Panthers to me get the job done here minus one and a half is easy money um, if you want to just take the the minus one ten money line, go right ahead. I really, I'll put my stamp on it. I just don't see how the Browns go in there and get the dub. I know that they have done a great job retooling what this franchise is over the last few years, but the storyline is with Carolina. The better quarterback is with Carolina, and um, and they just have the better roster. So at the end of the day, I'm going to take the Panthers here minus one and a half, and. Uh, good revenge game for Baker. I know Sam Darnold got his last year against the Jets and then it all fell out after that. Baker Mayfield will get his this week. Hopefully the rest of the season goes a little bit better than it did for Darnold last year. All right. And the second game I want to get into, this is one that is going to be a more anticipated matchup, two stronger teams than I guess Cleveland and Carolina. We're going to take it out to Arizona here where the Kansas city chiefs uh, led by Patrick Mahomes um, are going to take on the DeAndre Hopkins Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray, fat new contract. Cliff Kingsbury, new contract. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs a week ago, and, and I hate when people say this gambling-wise, like, oh, I got it at this, and now the line is this. A week ago, this line was at three and a half, and I hammered it. It's at six right now, and I will still give it out as minus six take the Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs, as you heard earlier in the show, they are my Super Bowl champions this year. They are so much improved defensively, and I don't think teams understand that. I think they've drafted really well. A lot of Nick Bolton hype as one of the stronger, more physical linebackers in football. He's entering his second season out of Missouri. Am I, is it Missouri or one of those I schools? Is it Illinois or Missouri? I think it's Missouri. Nick Bolton, freaky linebacker. Chris Jones is now back on the inside defensively. That's where he's meant to be as a D tackle or a three tech. They've got help on the outside of edge. Now some healthy guys coming back. Um, I know they lost Tyron Matthew, but they've reshuffled the secondary as well too. And then offensively, I, I know that the Tyreek Hill loss is going to be one that's um, 
that takes away the top of the defense, but I do love how they've added in other talented receivers where it's not just Tyreek and Kelsey and then nobody behind them. And other guys have been good there. Demarcus Robinson had success. Michael Hardman has been okay there, but I just love the depth of the receiving room more than just saying we have two elite guys and then meh. You know, I don't expect Marquez Valdez-Scantling to be elite, but he's going to be a guy that can still take off the top of a defense. To me, the guy that I love for them is Juju Smith-Schuster. Because, you know, Travis Kelsey's always been that guy that works the middle of the football field. But now they've got Juju, who is also exceptional at that. And, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, it's the best quarterback that DJ Moore has played with. Juju Smith-Schuster has been playing with an aging Big Ben the last few years, and now he's going to get Patrick Mahomes. So to me, I see that as, you know, Juju had a lot of hype early on. It kind of faded away. This is going to be his resurgence here with Kansas City. And I think they're going to dial up a lot of ways to get him the football. Um, the offensive line is great. Um, they've drafted well there, added in free agency well there. And look, the run game isn't going to be special, but it doesn't need to be. Kind of like with the Bills last night, you know, they're, they're just going to kind of ride a few drives there where it's going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running downhill. Um, they'll bring in P- P- Pacheco, Pacheco. I, I still got to learn his last name pronunciation, but um, they're just going to feed a few guys. And if they can get the job done and, and you know, if a couple of them get to 50 yards a game, then fantastic. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's still going to be very pass happy. Um, I predicted that Travis Kelsey will lead the division in receiving yards. Um, that connection with Mahomes, he is just going to get fed, fed, fed. And uh, I'm down on Arizona. I don't see a good season for them this year. I have a losing record, third in the NFC West. Um, and catching the Cardinals right now, you know, the story for the last few years has been they start off hot. And then it, it fades away at the end of the season, whether it be people catch up to Cliff Kingsbury or, um, you know, Kyler gets a little bit banged up. They're starting the season without their top guy. And I know they bring in Marquise Brown, um, you know, to kind of be a, a new kind of deep threat for Kyler Murray. But I don't think they're diverse enough offensively where they're going to cause fits for the Kansas city defense also seems like JJ Watt might not be out there to start the season too. So take away one of their top edge guys. Um, like I said, got it at three and a half. I loved it. Then I still like six. Now I, I think this is an easy touchdown win for the chiefs and kind of a reminder to everybody um, like, Hey, you know, talk about Josh Allen a lot, talk about Justin Herbert a lot. And I know I talk about them a lot too. Um, and I and I think that they are great quarterbacks. I think the Chiefs, the way their season ended last year miserably with a second half, just deflating loss against the Bengals where they crumbled and Mahomes played the worst 30 minutes he has of his career. I think they come out hot. I think they remind everybody that they are a force to be reckoned with in the NFL. Uh, so give me Chiefs minus six, I guess is my second lock of the week. All right, and let's finish off with one more. We're going to go to Sunday Night Football here, and it is one of the more perplexing games of the week, so I don't even know if I want to call this a lock. I just do feel some type of way about it. Um, We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Dallas. They, of course, kicked off the 2021 NFL season. Dallas had a a lead going into the fourth quarter. Tom Brady with a game-winning drive. The Buccaneers pull it out um, to open up uh, last season. Um, Tampa Bay traveling to Dallas um, is going to be two and a half point favorites. And I have so many questions with both of these teams. Now we're not going to get into the tabloid stories about Tom Brady, but we are going to talk about what's around him at this moment. And it is a shitty offensive line, especially, you know, guard to guard here. Um, Godwin game time decision. We'll see what he is. Um, Leonard Fournette. There's some, 
pessimism going around him. They did lose some guys in free agency on defense. Uh, Jordan Whitehead at safety, a few other guys up front as well, too. Um, and then, yeah, he, you know, he's 45. He's, he's old. And people have kind of figured out over the last few years that the way to get to Tom Brady is to pressure him up the middle, um, where he usually loves to step up in the pocket and really make those, um, you know, amazing throws because he's Tom fucking Brady. So I have questions about what's around the Buccaneers right now. And there is some weirdness with what's going on with Brady and having to step away from the team for over a week um, to kind of figure out some life stuff and whatnot. And now he's, he's back and, and they're going to be ready to go. But, you know, for the Buccaneers, I have them 12 and five, four seed in the NFC. They make the playoffs. I don't think anybody really challenges them in the division outside of, of Carolina getting to eight and nine. But when we take a look at Dallas and kind of just with Tampa Bay, you have just as many questions about the, the Dallas offensive line. Um, I just trust. Trust. There's no trust in this game. There's a lot of questions. I just think that getting the home team. Here's what I'm trying to say for all the questions that we have about the Dallas Cowboys right now, the Buccaneers are more confusing. We don't know what this feel is. You know, Tom Brady did try and leave this team. He tried retiring so he could go to Miami, so he could maybe flirt with San Francisco. And he sees the writing on the wall. He left New England when he knew New England was about to kind of fall into the, 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 the tank. He left Tampa Bay this offseason. He accomplished what he wanted. He got a Super Bowl away from there. He made another playoff run the year after. And um, he tried leaving. He was going to go join the front office of Miami and then maybe take over as their quarterback in 2023. He flirted with the 49ers. Um, he knew that this Buccaneers thing was heading a little bit south. And because of that, and then because of his absence and because of the injuries on the offensive line, it's not just the fact that starters are, are out. It's their backups are now out. Um, center, guard, guard, guard. It's, you know, a tackle banged up. Um, this Buccaneers team is going to be one kind of like the Rams that is still a good team and a team that makes the playoffs, but not going to be anywhere near what we expect them to be. So while I expect them to get a lot of their wins against the division. I think Dallas right now is getting good value here as an underdog. Um, and if you want to buy the half point and bring them to plus three, I think that's smart. If you want to go and take their money line, I'll go ahead and take that as well too. I don't see the Cowboys being that good of a team this year. I think Philadelphia kind of runs away with the division a little bit, and they're the, the frisky team of the last two weeks. But I do believe that the Cowboys here, Dak Prescott, talented wide receivers, no Amari Cooper anymore, but you still got CeeDee Lamb. Um, you know, Pollard's going to be used a lot more in the passing game. And then defensively, I do think their front seven is going to be able to get to Brady. And at the end of the day, if I've got two shaky offensive lines, I'm going to put my trust into the more mobile quarterback um, and this is one of those sound bites that could go terribly wrong if Brady just dices him up and Dak looks like shit. But um, I do, at the end of the day, I'm not going to call it a lock, but I'm just going to put it out there because it's a primetime game. And I wanted to um, talk about the confusion around both of these teams. I am going to say that Dallas gets it done Sunday night football. They get the victory. I'll also just take over 50 and a half, um, put a little sprinkle on there as well, too. But uh, it'll be really interesting to see how these teams look because it might not be the prettiest game. Um, I think there'll be a lot of points, but um, I'm going to take the Cowboys here over the Buccaneers to start off the season and really put in some question marks around what we think about the Buccaneers for the rest of the season.
we'll finish off. I, I can't ignore some of these other games. So I'm just going to put out a few words there uh, for each of the, the remaining games on the schedule. I think that's how we'll do this. Ravens at Jets, minus seven. Ravens blowout victory. Uh, Saints-Falcons, Saints minus five and a half. I don't love it. Dennis Allen has yet to be a good head coach in his career. Jameis Winston, while having a few good passing seasons, I don't think he's all that great. Take the points here. I, I think it'll be a, a, a close game. Um, and I, I don't love Atlanta, but I just, do we know the Saints are going to be good? Their head coach has stunk as a head coach before Pete Carmichael is finally taking over the offense. Is that going to be good? I don't know. Sean Payton was pretty great. Um, and then Jameis, kind of one of the more inconsistent quarterbacks. You're going to get a lot of good and you're going to get a lot of terrible out of him. Miami, I'm going to take them to beat the Patriots. I don't love minus three and a half. I had it at minus two and a half last week. Um, I don't love what's going on with New England's offense. And I think Miami's duo of uh, Waddle and Tyreek is going to be one of the toughest uh, duos to, to defend in football all season. Give me the Steelers to upset the Bengals. I think that the Steelers are getting too much hate this year. I love Mitch. Um, I love their wide receiver room. I love their defense. Offensive line and run game worry me, but I don't know. Cincinnati doesn't have this fantastic front seven. So give me the Steelers plus six and a half. Give me 49ers minus six and a half blowout. Don't need to talk about that one too much. Favorite player prop of the week. AJ Brown's receiving yards are at 66 and a half. He is going to be fed three the ball three times more than any other receiver um, on this team. And I don't love the line secondary. AJ Brown over receiving yards. I'm on the over of this game. I had it at 46 and a half. It's 48 and a half now. Still take it. Eagles minus four, but my favorite player prop of the week, give it a two or three unit bet there. AJ Brown over on receiving yards. Texans get blown out by the Colts. Take the minus seven. Jacksonville upsets Washington plus two and a half. Take the money line plus 115. Uh, Chargers minus three and a half against the Raiders. Tough line. A um, lot of new additions to both of these teams. I truly do think that this is going to be the season of Justin Herbert, maybe the most prolific quarterback season we've had in league history. Um, give me the Chargers minus three and a half. Packers squeak one out against the Vikings minus one and a half. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think the Packers still every year we enter the season with a little bit of doubt on them. Minnesota is very frisky offensively. Maybe take the over of 47 there if you like that. I want to take the Giants to upset the Titans so badly because I fucking hate the Titans and I do believe they're regressing here, but um, I think the Giants are trying to be intentionally bad this year to gut the roster and start over new in 2023. So give me the Titans minus five and a half. And that's all of them. Look at that. That didn't take too much time at all. So we've covered every game here. That's what we'll do. We'll highlight three big matchups that I feel some type of way about and then quickly run through the rest. So that will wrap it up for quick hits. First edition for the 2022 NFL season. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at BlakeAndrewPace. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, share the show. I am happy to be back. We'll be back on Monday recapping all the action. It's the best time of year. Happy to be here with you guys, and I'll talk to you later. Peace.